Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a discussion of God's extraordinary works through His ordinary ways. My name is Winston Weber and I'm with Pastor Mike today. How are you doing, Pastor Mike? Doing wonderful by the grace of God. It's good to be with you today. It's great to be with you. So mm-hmm. today we are hot off of our GBI that we just had on the role of emotions in the Christian life. And so we kind of wanted to dive into that topic a little bit more. And, you know, for those of you who went to GBI, we're hoping to go a little bit deeper and talk about something a little bit more specific today. But also for those who did not yet listen to GBI, this is a good primer to it as well. So hopefully you can still get stuff out of it, even if you did or did not go to GBI. Absolutely right. And emotions is a big deal. Indeed. It's a big part of life. I uh, have a few questions as far as uh, how we can be using our emotions. You know, you talked a little bit about this Sunday night and wanted to dive a little bit deeper. And really the first one that I have is emotions seem to be the thing that runs contrary to one of the fruits of the spirit. That's uh, self-control. How is it that you can properly use our emotions if we are supposed to be self-controlled? That's a great question. It really is. And I will address it uh, maybe a little differently than I did on Sunday night, but there might be some overlap, of course, if you're listening to those messages. But it's a great question. And I think that this idea of emotions, sometimes we misunderstand what emotions are. And, And they're not necessarily negative or positive They can be expressed in a number of ways, and they're part of what it means to be made in the image of God. Okay, so we're thinking, emoting people, and they don't necessarily run contrary to self-control. Some emotions can, if not under the Spirit's control. And so I know that it's kind of interesting, but people throughout uh, the years have basically tried to identify what are the primary emotions, right? And so you have a list of six basic emotions that one person gives— Anger, disgust, fear, happiness, sadness, and surprise. And then someone else gave seven universal emotions (laughs) and what they look like and all that. And so it's anger, fear, disgust, happiness, sadness, surprise, and contempt. And then someone else gave eight. And (laughs) it just keeps going. It it just keeps going. In fact, this person grouped them into four pairs of polar opposites, joy and sadness, anger and fear, trust and distrust, and surprise and anticipation. Hmm, interesting. And that's interesting as well. I came across another quote that I thought was um, interesting. It says that emotion is a mental state associated with the nervous system brought on by chemical changes, variously associated with thoughts, feelings, behavioral responses, and a degree of pleasure or displeasure. And I'm like, um, okay, fine. But the last sentence is the best. There is currently no scientific consensus on the definition. <laughs> so oh, it's like helpful, yeah. nobody knows. Um, but emotion, right? Um, it's this idea of you're thinking, you've got moods, you've got, you're in relationship with other people, even you're sitting alone and you're feeling certain things. And so let me give you some similar concepts, okay? Kind of help us round out what we mean when we say emotions. Feeling, sentiment, sensation, reaction, response, passion intensity, warmth, fervor, uh, vehemence, fieriness, um, and even gets into the soul and spirit kind of things. And, you know, the opposite would be coldness, indifference, unfeeling, things like that. So let me just say this, a great first question, but people want to differentiate really tightly between emotions and feelings as opposed to reason or knowledge. And I would just say they intersect and they interplay. And if you can have unemotional knowledge. You might not truly believe the thing you say you know. Hmm. Emotions are a large part of what needs to be self-controlled. 
but just having emotion doesn't mean that they're not self-controlled. Mm. So the idea is it depends on what kind of emotion we're dealing with. But you could have an emotion of happiness that is not under the Spirit's control. And you could have an emotion of anger that is under the Spirit's control. Be angry and yet do not sin. Mm. And so there's, there's a wide range and wide gamut. I just want to start that way, and I hope I didn't confuse everyone with my answer. I just, I just wanted to say that because I've been thinking about that a lot, that when you talk about emotions, someone might go to one area or another and kind of paint themselves into a bit of a, of a corner. And really, we're talking about what does it mean to be made in the image of God, thinking, emoting people. Yeah, see, this is what's interesting to me is God is emotive. He does use his emotions, and we are part of that. And maybe you can respond a little bit to this because some of the world view of emotions is that emotions are generally a bad thing, especially when you get into Eastern religion and things like that, Mm -hmm. where it's more of a a complete devoid nature of emotions. And that is seen to be the enlightened state. And what you're saying is that's not the case, that we are to be emotional creatures because that's the way God made us, and it actually reflects his character. Is that correct? I would say so. For example, let's say you go into Stoicism, don't show your emotions. And different generations, by the way, are on one side or the other of the spectrum and everywhere in between. So some generations were more stoic. Others just let it all hang out. And even, this is an interesting thing, Winston, there are places in America and places around the world that are known for either being the people, are known to be more emotional or less emotional, more emotive, less emotive, and really what we're saying is how they express themselves. Interesting, yeah. Mm -hmm. So moving along from that then, you know, we have these improper emotions that we sometimes see in that one list you had joy versus sadness, I Mm -hmm. think it was. Those do seem to be polar opposites, and the Bible clearly says, you know, count it all joy, brothers, you know, joy, joy, joy all over the place. Right. Is there a proper time to be sad then? I believe so, and that's biblical, right? Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's a time for everything. There's a season for everything. And so, yes, there's a time to mourn. There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh. And so, of course, in fact, on Sunday night, I gave an exposition of Psalm 88, which is this cry to God day and night in deep distress. And interestingly, and I pointed this out on Sunday night, but it doesn't end on a good note. Hmm. Now, as I brought out, which I don't want to spoil it for someone who hasn't <laughs> heard it, but what I brought out is uh, there is a deep, deep thread of trust in the sovereignty of God. And this is why he could even write this psalm for the people of God to sing hmm. a song, right? Because uh, this was something that was a song of lament. Uh, they were lamenting their situation. They were sad about it. And so, yes, there is a time to be sad. And the interesting thing, you know, in in Philippians 4, where Paul says, rejoice always, rejoicing in Christ, joy in Christ, is not dependent on whether you're happy or sad. Mm. Now, that's something we always think must be connected to happiness. Joy must be connected to happiness. But many times, joy is rooted even in, in a time of deep sadness, deep distress of soul. Interesting. Maybe going a little bit further on this whole idea of being sad, I think that we could probably both agree that there's some line where it crosses a boundary where sadness, you know, you're you're being sad, you're being sad, but now you're taking it too far. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. maybe that's to the mm-hmm. level of like depression or yes. something like that. So 
what is the difference between having the emotion of being sad and having depression? That's a really big question and a really good question because we all run the gamut in emotions. And sometimes we're depressed and we don't even know it. And sometimes we're going through, I, I could say for the last six months, I have been more downcast of soul than upcast, <laughs> okay? And what I mean by that is that there have been a lot of things in life that I have been navigating as a pastor and as an elder that really sometimes bring you to a, a very serious, very contemplative state. And sometimes you don't feel happy in those, in those seasons. And so, but when you, when you think about depression, you know, you think about David even, he encouraged himself in the Lord. Even when no one else around him was encouraging him, there's this idea of encouraging yourself in the Lord, rehearsing the gospel to yourself, literally force-feeding ourselves the truth. I do that on a daily basis where my mind wants to go one place and I say, no, the Bible says otherwise. The Bible says this. Uh, the Word of God is our objective standard. It's our only rule for faith and practice. And so the Word is objective. Our feelings and emotions are subjective. And so, yes, there's a place for being sad and even having depression. When you look at Psalm 88, that's a, a deep despair of soul. And it runs the entire gamut of that psalm. It doesn't end on a high note. I have wrongly said that, well, the psalms always start with David singing the blues and then ends on him singing the praises of God. Well, they don't all start with singing the blues. Some of them start on a high note. But they don't all address the same situation. Uh, and this is the, the psalms are the, are the songs of the people of God. We should be very, very connected to the Psalms as believers, just like we want to be very connected to Proverbs, wisdom for living. But for Psalms, this is where the emotions of the people of God really show forth. Hmm. What about deep, deep abiding depression? That is something that a lot of people deal with, and I have a lot of compassion for people who deal with that. And you need help from other people. You can't just say, this is between me and the Lord and I've got this. You really do need to express that and be vulnerable with other believers in Christian community who are indwelt by the Spirit and bringing the Word to bear, but who love you and accept you and care for you. And you need, to, they, you need help walking through that. Sometimes you need organic help in the body of Christ. Sometimes you need professional help from the body of Christ. And so there are plenty of places to go. A really helpful book on this topic would be from David Murray, and it's a book called Reset. There's also a book called Refresh that's a similar book that he wrote for women. He and his wife wrote for women. But re Reset can be for men and women. And it, it, it addresses a lot of the inner life and how a, a gospel-centered believer can navigate that in a healthy way. And really, it doesn't give you hard answers for every situation. It shows you the gamut of what is good and right and acceptable within the Christian community. Hmm. Yeah, and obviously this is a huge topic, so I'm not expecting us to <laughs> solve the world's mm -hmm. problems in a 20-minute podcast. Right. But, you know, this is at least helpful to note. We should be talking about these things with our church body. We absolutely should be, and we should be talking about what does it mean to be human and follow Jesus. And so, for example— Suicide is a big issue, and I've done funerals of friends who have committed suicide. That tears your heart out, and I would just say this. That's another topic, but it's a very big topic, and believers out there, as you're listening to this, if you're having self-destructive thoughts, I would say you need to get help. You need to know there's hope in Jesus. 
But I know that when you're in the depths of despair, easy sounding answers don't always help. And so you need to be in Christian community with others that you can be vulnerable with and honest with and transparent with and really seek help with trusted people that want to help you. That's right. So reach out to your pastors, reach out to your elders, reach out to those around you for help because that's why the church is there. So thank you, Mike. This sadness thing is really important. I think more people need to know what it is and more, more people need to be honest with their emotions with those who are around them. So, you know what? Let's do this. Uh, I have some questions on anger, but let's save those for next week. Does that sound all right? Excellent. All right. So let's end here. If you want to email us or get in touch with us, maybe suggest a topic, you can email us at ordinarychurch at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, we hope you'll join us next Thursday as we remain faithful, even in the ordinary.